behind the bathroom stall with the under display viewing window. <laughs> so we can all see the lifeless collapsed pant legs and tragic little shoe fronts that are just barely poking out from underneath the impotent belt lying helpless. Wow! How much more money is it to bring this wall down another foot? <laughs> So that's from the new Seinfeld special? Yeah, his uh, new Netflix special will be dropping, I believe, May 5th, uh, early next month. Oh, I certainly... was hoping it was this weekend. No, not, not quite. Not quite. No, I don't, know, no, I don't, I don't appreciate the toilet humor. The modern world, you tell me when something's ava- going to be available to me tonight. Otherwise, yeah. don't even tell me. If it's not available <laughs> for a month, I don't even need to hear it. It's like those Star Wars trailers coming in summer 2027. <laughs> well, that, that worked in the old days, but I think yeah. now, tell me what's going to be on this weekend. Otherwise, it just disappears from my mind. It's as if it doesn't even exist. Right. Um, but I was really interested in that. Two things about Seinfeld, because I saw this yesterday and meant to click on it. Uh, his, he's got a new special. He's 65 years old. Jerry Seinfeld. Yeah. He's not exactly your hip young comedian out there that's uh, making rounds. And two, listening to that clip right there, he's still mining the the the, the observational humor that has existed forever. I, I would have thought he'd have run out or given up or <laughs> but no, still He just keeps observing, Jack. Still observing things that were around forever. It's easy to do. I'll do it right now. Window blinds. They're crazy. Why do they call them blinds? Did they blind the window? <laughs> but that was funny. Harder than it looks. <laughs> Seinfeld's a funny guy. That was funny right there. Yeah, that was I will watch that. Well, you know why they have those uh, spaces, though, Jack? He's ignoring the reality of prostitution and perversion. That's why? Yes. That's, that's, that hasn't stopped it. I actually, <laughs> thought, I actually thought and think it's got more to do with the cleaning. That way you can just like mop so much more easily that whole space. Not so that multiple people can't be in there uh, executing their perversions and such. Mind your business. Well, what do I care if somebody else does that? I don't want to look at your... Your perversion your, is my hobby. Your sad <laughs> shoe fronts with your limp belt. Your impotent belt. <laughs> Oh, man. That's pretty funny. That's good stuff, as always, from Jerry. So uh, just a couple more notes on that whole state bankruptcy thing and and why it matters. Well, why it matters is obvious, but I I really like uh, Hugh Hewitt uh, wrote a piece for the WAPO saying Mitch McConnell was right, and he observes that the number of public employees per 10,000 in population, California, 228, big government, Texas, 209, but New York is 316. They have about 50% more government employees per 10,000 people than Texas does. That's amazing. And remember Saturday Night Live some years ago, like five years ago, did a bit of... uh they're giving out awards, the Public Employee Awards for New York. And it was like, this janitor earned $300,000 last year by adding his vacation time with his pension time and blah, blah, blah. And it was, it was mocking that whole thing. Right. So, right. you know, when blue states run out of money, when you're doing that sort of life lifestyle, uh, I don't care. Everyone knows that Illinois is grievously mismanaged. Four of its last 11 governors have ended up in prison. Oh, he mentions Connecticut, a, a, a legendary spendthrift that escapes national notoriety, but shouldn't. Uh, they mentioned that more than 50% of Connecticut's annual budget consists of fixed costs, uh, mostly pensions and Medicaid payments and retiree health care and the rest of it, which is controlled by a contract between the state of Connecticut and its umbrella union organization. 
And uh, he throws a couple more examples out there. But, yeah, the idea that the federal government, meaning you, me, and everybody else, should bail out these states that have just been horrifically irresponsible, there's no way. Why not just the front of the stall? Have the stalls go all the way down to the ground on the side, so when I'm sitting down, I don't see the person next to me. But if, uh, you know, some narc wants to look in the front to see if there's two people in there, uh, they still can. But I'm not looking at somebody's sad pants and impotent belt. I would pay any fee to go to a private public bathroom oh, that like, had like stalls to the ground and just complete privacy. Like when you're in a really nice restaurant, right? And they've got the wood paneling and plenty oh. of space, and you you close a door like a full on heavy, like it's the front door of your house door. Love it, and you're just alone in there. Yes, it's fantastic. You can concentrate. Thank you and your whore and your drug dealer. Oh, alone oh, in the stall. Oh, my. Just enjoying your life. Can finally we, some no, can, privacy. Finally some privacy. Can I see them one at a time? Why are all three of us in there? Or do I have a prostitute drug dealer in this uh, situation? Eliminate the middleman. Little bonus uh, mailbag here. <clears throat> Tom in Vegas was observing the uh, press conference yesterday, the interminable White House press conferences. I just, I, I find them interesting, but. I wish they could just just declare they're going to be 30 minutes and just bingo, bango, bongo, get them done. Anyway, I can't stand it, writes Tom. At the briefing today, a scientist spoke about the research that shows how effective UV light and warm temperatures are at killing the commie bat virus. Science, of course, is to be ignored by the left if it brings any good news. The simpletons in the audience went ballistic. One little dweeb reporter asked, if that's true, then why are there so many dying in Florida? Trump's answer should have been something like, okay, mush brain. <laughs> A, okay, mush brain. The death rate per 100,000 in Florida is 120th of New York. People dying in Florida nursing homes aren't frolicking on the beach, and people in Florida, when not being forced to stay inside, don't stay outside the entire day. And if they did, where would the UV rays come from at night? Oh, well, I guess that's another reason I'm not the president. Yeah, calling uh, reporters mush brain is a little out there, although not much compared to what uh, Donald J has been doing. Uh, Dave writes, guys, the totally uh, unscientific Corona lockdown reminds me of this little story from medieval Europe, 784 AD. Uh, this will star peasant one and peasant two. I, as a gifted voice actor, will be portraying both peasants. Wow. <clears throat> both Pes- male? Uh, yes, okay. in this case, unless you want a female character. Peasant one is snapping his fingers. Yeah, why are you snapping your fingers? To keep away the devil. But we've never seen the devil here. Yeah, it works. Now get to snapping. Both guys start snapping their fingers. Gotcha. We all must lock down more because we're locking down and things got better. But if things get worse, we'll have to lock down more. There's no alternative. Get used to it. Mm. There is an element of that. Yes. Yep. The, the curve is flattened. The hospitals are not full, except in a few cases. Let's see. Is this... uh? Oh, Shane, I almost uh, didn't even read Shane's because his headline is, I'm not upset, just disappointed. Generally speaking, if somebody says, I'm disappointed in you guys, my response is, go pound sand. I don't care, mush brain. I'm disappointed in things all the time, but I don't write them emails. Just deal with it. Quit your whining. (laughs) Jeez, Louise. Our whole approachable regular guy thing, it's just showbiz. We're not. We're bitter, we're angry, we're hateful, we don't like our audience, we wish we were rich enough to quit, don't be fooled. It's true, Shane. <laughs> but as it turns out... Uh, That's funny. As it turns out, Shane's uh, is, uh, note is actually pretty good. Uh, his point is that 
you've correctly and repeatedly pointed out the main reason socialism of any sort won't work is because your neighbor, fellow man, or whomever can't be trusted to do their fair share and carry their portion of the burden Mm. or do their part to help the tribe. It's exactly why opening up too soon will be a disaster. Long story short, people will be irresponsible and and it'll go wild and, uh, and everybody will die. Uh, I'm not sure I agree with you, Shane, but I certainly agree with you about socialism. Um, bah, 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 bah. That's a good quote from Thomas Jefferson. Uh, oh, this is a good one. Uh, John Cho, is he that activist uh, congressman guy who's been talking about discrimination against Asian Americans? I think that's who that is. He's mentioned a couple of times in this email, and I, I was going to look up to be sure, but I'm pretty. Hey, uh, Sean, uh, do uh, Google John he's, Cho. Would he's Googling. Or bing it. Bing it. Don't Google it. Google is Screw evil. Google. Yeah. Scroogle. Bing all the Show way. Politics. There's an actor. I don't believe that's who you were referencing. John Cho. It might be. I don't know. It was some activist guy. But, um. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The actor stand up for fellow Americans amid racism over the coronavirus pandemic. Yeah, yeah. John that's Cho. That's the guy. Right. Okay. Yeah, actor. So listen to this tale, would you? From, uh, Al Anonymous. My daughter moved last fall to the Bay Area of California from Portlandia, Oregon. First of March, before the shelter-in-place order, she was planning to take a trip back to Portland to see her best friend and allow their kids to play because they're friends. Uh, Her friend told her she could not come to visit. She would not see her because too many Chinese people travel through SFO, the airport in San Francisco, and she was afraid that they would expose her to COVID-19 virus. If you listen to John Cho, you would immediately assume that my daughter is Asian and her friend is Caucasian. No, quite the opposite. My daughter is Caucasian and her friend is a Chinese immigrant whose immediate family still lives in China. What she was hearing out of China caused her to be cautious of Chinese people in the airport, and she was afraid that they'd be infected and infect their friend. by them. Too many woke celebrities like John Cho use their notoriety to push damaging racial stereotypes, this one being about the white people. His comments on USA Today were only meant to inflame, arouse, and not heal uh, racial tensions. So, no yeah, way. The Chinese people are the people who don't want Chinese people near them. I saw that Tom Hanks donated a Corona typewriter to a little boy named Corona because the kid was, in theory, being bullied at school, though I doubt the kid is at school. Um, but anyway, the kid was being bullied because his name is Corona, <laughs> they claim, and so Tom Rank- Hanks gave him a typewriter. He gave him a typewriter? <laughs> which, which every little boy wants. <laughs> what? Thanks for the what? typewriter, mister. Now can I have some beer? So I can forget my problems? Wait a second, no butter churn? <laughs> what is this, the olden days? I don't know what Tom I'd rather Hanks, have Corona beer. I don't know what Tom Hanks... I don't know, is Tom Hanks feeling like he needs to make a comeback? Is that why he's doing all these different things? It's a, Did like the a, Corona get his brain? Or, or, or <laughs> he, he doesn't know like what he's doing. Does he feel like his rep has been sullied by catching the virus or something? I, I do like, not know. like he's trying really hard. Anyway, well, it's I'm an all, odd gift for a child. I'm all out for helping bullied kids. I'm just, just sure an old timey Corona typewriter. Where do, Where do I, I buy- plug this in? Where do I buy a ribbon? <laughs> <laughs> the X key sticks. Where do I take it? There's one guy who fixes typewriters, you know, in, in the Bronx, and he's got the COVID, unfortunately. Dang it. Uh,. There's probably so. There's a, knowing Tom Hanks, that story is probably more charming than you portrayed it. Oh, I'm certain it is. Yes, He's America's, <laughs> you know, uh, something or other, beloved older brother or something. Lieutenant Dan. <laughs> um. Uh, so yeah. Uh, need to mention again the Harvard professor and her view of homeschooling. You're not going to like this, probably. It's uh, quite astounding. 
Uh, yeah, yeah. Is it time to just close Harvard? Yeah, that, that's a good Turn question. it into an outlet mall or, <laughs> I don't know, something. It's now a gap. <laughs> um, so we've, our text line is 415-295-KFTC. More on the way. Armstrong and Getty. Hey, uh, Sean, is that uh, Fallon joke any good? Uh, uh, I mean, well, it's short. Yeah, yeah. Let's 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 just run this. One. So that the first ever YouTube video was posted 15 years ago today. The first comment was, love it. The next was, how cool. And the third began a 15-year argument over politics. Mm. Mm. Yeah. Joe left la- uh, the, 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 mm. the mumbling over that joke. Mm. Overall, I've been very disappointed in the late-night jokes the past seven to ten days. Yeah. Been really lackluster. Yeah. I, yeah. I don't know if yeah. it's just the lack of the writing rooms, kind of all the their mm. writing staff together bouncing around, finding the best forms of these jokes. Certainly could be. Um, but yeah, they're, they've been the, lackluster. So Trump, yeah, I'd agree. Trump has just said that uh, his the information he has is that uh, Kim Jong-un is uh, fine. That's the information he's been giving. He's been given. North Korea has announced that they've had no cases of corona there in North Korea. I think it's because you starve to death before you get a chance to catch it. But mm. uh, They claim they have no cases of it. That's impossible. South Korea, where they had uh, the huge outbreak, by the way, they had their first day with zero cases. So they, mm. they think they're way on the other side of it now. Zero new wow. cases yesterday. So. Wow. Okay. And they're testing like crazy over there in South Korea. And they've Korea. already been kind of, quote unquote, reopening the last couple weeks. So for, for, for no new cases with that is pretty something. Yeah, that's good news. Wow. So it's done what it's going to do, apparently, to, for now. To South Korea. would think, yeah, yeah, unless it comes back, which hopefully it doesn't. Did you guys read that, that article that I texted the, the thread yesterday about uh, some study is looking at it seems to be about 70 days. Yeah the, yeah. the net new case number turns to practically zero wherever this thing is. Yeah, we've, we, uh, we've mentioned that, and that's, um, that's getting a lot of play, that whether you shelter or don't or whatever you do, <laughs> it has a certain lifespan. Yeah, which is crazy, and, and we'll probably understand it you know, someday. But, yeah, that's mystifying. I wasn't going to mention this, but I guess I, I missed this Stanford study that came out the other day of how many people in Santa Clara County, that's in the Bay Area of San Francisco, if you don't know it. Um, Stanford did a study, and they came back with results that showed way more people had cases than they thought. And they got killed for it, I guess, by other uh, researchers around the world saying that was a sloppy, embarrassing research. Stanford should apologize because Stanford came up with a number saying, what was it? They thought it was 50 to 85 times more than the official count of cases at the time. Mm -hmm. Somewhere between 50 and 85 times as many cases in Santa Clara County than had been uh, reported. Well, then USC did a study and came up with 40 to 50 times as many cases in L.A. And New York just announced a similar sort of thing yesterday. So now now Stanford is saying, "Ah 
You found out the same thing in three other places in the United States. So, yes, it's not even close. I mean, not even close. It's so far off. Why were we even discussing it in terms of the number of cases that actually existed? Right. Yep. Yep. Total 1,400 cases. It's utterly meaningless. And by the way, if you use those numbers, the, um, uh, the, the likelihood of dying from it, the lethality of it drops way down to 0.2%, I think. Yeah, 0.2%, making the virus far less lethal than they had, they'd originally assumed in Santa Clara County. And far less lethal than, or, or roughly as lethal as the flu, about, I believe. Yeah, about Because the they usually the say 0.1 to 0.2, the one number being double the other one. That's easy to overlook because they're such small numbers. But uh, interesting story. Uh, the uh, San Diego school system is uh, talking to the county, and the experts are jawing at each other, and they say it's likely that for the next 18 months or so, till there's a vaccine, school will look very different for most families. Um, it's going to go beyond physical distancing. Even if schools are safe enough for students to return in the fall, a county expert predicts students might see their classmates and teachers only once or twice a week. What? Why? It's going to be blended classroom and distance learning. Because of what? Well, we can talk more What's about the that. Advantage? The lunatic Harvard uh, professor's theories on education coming up in a few moments. Yeah, according to this Harvard law professor, she thinks the government uh, teaching your kids is way better than parents. In fact, it's kind of scary to have parents doing it. Oh, my God. Armstrong and Getty. So I need to hear some of the lyrics from the new Rolling Stones song here. A ghost living in a ghost town. I didn't realize that this is about the coronavirus thing. Is it? Oh, is it? Kind uh, of. I hate topical music. Well, I just <laughs> the, the, <laughs> the quote unquote music video that it was released to is a lot of quick shots of empty streets well, and right. big cities. And yeah. so when I saw the video of empty streets, I thought, oh god! I didn't realize the Stones put out a Corona song. Is it or is it just a coincidence? Is the chorus any good? Have we heard that? Uh. Where's the chorus in this song? A bunch of old men. It's like a bagger commercial. It's one of, like one of those old guys with their bands on the porch. <laughs> Get to your dang hook there, Mick. Here it comes. One, two, three. Nope. Sing Brown yeah. Sugar. All right. You know, half of me surprised that uh, Mick bothers writing any more songs and Keith, but they just wanna, I guess. I think that song's groovy. I dig it. Uh, yeah, I, I yeah, like yeah, it. I gotta fine. hear the it's whole fine. thing. I'm not anti. It's just uh, I, uh, you see my anti. You no. seem really angry and cynical. <laughs> I just when I found out it was about the coronavirus, eh, that kind of eh. yeah. I know. I know. When you know. hear their song about Trump. <laughs> oh god! Oh god! Fantastic! You at may... least that craze is mostly crested, right? Joe, you're at home. You missed. We got into a big conversation about stretching during the commercial break. I mean, oh, really? me and That's Sean funny. and, and Hanson. That's right up my alley because I need to. That that is one thing I would like to add to my life is uh is, is stretching because I'm so uh both uh, temperamentally and physically uh, inflexible. <laughs> 
And it runs in my family, as the doctor told my brother when he was like 35. You're the least flexible person I've ever come across. (laughs) And I am. I mean, I am stiff. I'm like a tin soldier, the way I walk in my... And uh, I just I need to stretch more often. So we're discussing what are good stretches, and they're the they're like the same stretches you did in high school gym class, right? Those those are primarily they haven't invented like there's like no new great stretch. It's the yeah, same ones forever. Yeah, don't let the yoga Groupons fool you. Stretching is stretching. <laughs> like it's if you want to go to a room and do it with people, that's awesome. If, if that helps you do it, but they're not doing anything special. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's a pretty good point. Just don't don't bounce slow and steady. Oh. Well, do you remember the last time I tried to touch my toes? You, yeah, just you actually about put yourself in the hospital. I, I limped for six weeks. Yeah. I'm not I'm not exaggerating. It was painful. Painful. I pulled something in my hamstring. Well, just leaning over to touch your toes, something snapped. And the, the way I currently am, and I've been this way, I've been this way since I was in my 30s, so this is not really an old guy thing. Um, if I drop a pen on the floor, I just think, oh, my God, how am I going to get that? <laughs> it's all the way down there. Yeah, well, looks like I got one less pen in my life <laughs> yeah, now. Yeah, I'm going to buy another pen. Um, so, well, that's anyway. been, and this sounds so stupid. If you can relate to it, you, you can. If you can't, it sounds stupid. But getting a couple of joints replaced—that's been one of the best parts. If I drop something, it doesn't matter now. I just lean over and pick it up. I can't even imagine. Like I'm, you know, taking some ice out of the freezer. I used to like uh, one uh, one ice cube would miss the cup or whatever and break in half, and I'd look down, I'd want to cry. I'd be like, "Oh no, oh no, what am I going to do now?" <laughs> that's well, how I am when I drop my pencil. Next fifteen minutes oh. of my life, oh, taking no. up. <laughs> my pencil's way down there. Is there a young person around that can get that for me? That's so pathetic. I do that at home. Pick the kids on. Can you pick that up for me? <laughs> yeah. yeah, be a good boy. Uh, <laughs> uh, so I'm, uh, you know, I'm raising my own kids, but this Harvard law professor doesn't think that's a good thing. She has sparked controversy for calling for a ban on homeschooling. She actually called for a ban on homeschooling. Good lord! Now I knew there were people that thought this sort of thing, but I thought they were all just out there whack jobs with no positions of power. This is a Harvard law professor, which, by definition, unfortunately, makes you among the most powerful people in America because so much power flows through Harvard Law School. Elizabeth, well, right? You know, I'd known, I'd known there were academics who preached this stuff because I'd I had a couple of those professors in college. But you're right. I mean, if you're a professor at Harvard Law, you have enormous influence. Elizabeth Bartholet told Harvard Magazine that it gives parents authoritarian control over their kids' homeschooling and can even expose them to white supremacy and misogyny. Well, it could. Sure. Um, sure. The issue is, do we think that parents should have 24-7 essentially authoritarian control over their children from the age of 0 to 18? I think that's dangerous. I think it's always dangerous to put powerful people in charge of the powerless and to give the powerful ones total authority. That particular sentence I find hilarious. It's always dangerous to put powerful people in charge of the powerless. You mean parents and children. And if they go off to school where the government's in charge, that's not powerful people in charge of the powerless? Right. Yeah. To be indoctrinated by people like you, my dear, you are you are ideological to the point of being mentally ill. She should be confined in an institution. Um, Am I wrong to look at this as the if I were in charge of selling beer for five hundred thousand dollars a case, I, too, would not want people to make beer in their home. 
It could well, you be. know what? It could be. Uh, you know, Sean, that's that's not a bad point. I I've run into enough of these people to know it is. It's like a religion with them. They are oh. that ideology. Oh, yeah. well, so ideological. I can, I can back that up because I got into a conversation about this last night with uh, Tim Sanford, Tim the lawyer, uh, one of the world's leading libertarians, and um, uh, he sent me this stuff from uh, Woodrow Wilson. Something Woodrow Wilson said way back in 1914. The great progressive president. Where he said, make the son as unlike the father as possible. That was part of his speech. What? That was the goal of, of uh, education in America. All the way through schooling, and particularly in college. Make the son as unlike the father as possible. In that, in that, that you know, whatever you're learning from your family is not as good as what we've come up with. The new way of looking at the world here at the, the, the government USA. Right, exactly. Which is just really a weird. And why the reason that bothers libertarians and conservatives is so much is because the the core most uh, important thing for that crowd going back centuries in terms of you know political writings and that sort of thing is the individual and the family, the family structure, the family unit. That is the core thing. And this woman and Woodrow Wilson and people that think like it are thinking, no, 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 that's terrible. You need to get them into the government institution where we have decided what they should be thinking and learning, not hanging out with mom and dad. Oh, my God. Well, and from the progressive era, the original progressive era forward to the current progressive era, the argument that's made is that, listen, we've figured out what is good and valuable and healthy for society, what's best for society. I saw AOC going on uh, about something similar uh, last night. Maybe we'll get to that later on. But um, and, and because this is so clearly good and right, we should be granted enormous powers to implement it, including taking children away and indoctrinating them because it's for their own good. Well, the problem is each and every one of those theories and eras about five to 15 years later it becomes clear that it was not only not great it was horrifying whether you're talking about the um you know euthanasia of the inferior people and the eugenics and all of of woodrow wilson's era to to whatever progressive schemes communism is going to be a worker's paradise sorry about the hundred million people we killed so yeah god we figured it out, and that's what makes me so crazy about a lot of modern education is it's these these fads, but they become so enamored with them. It's like a religion, and they have to convert all the little kids, and then 10 years later, they figure out it didn't work. Now, part of it is who does the most homeschooling. Uh, 90% of homeschooled parents, according to the author of this piece, are conservative Christians, which means, one, you're going to learn religion. Two, you're probably not going to spend any time, let alone most of your time, talking about the the Green New Deal or or, or global warming or any of these or things. intersectionality and so, so, the oppression of the Eskimo amputee woman. Yeah, so part of it just comes from a standpoint of I have a worldview and it's intersectionality and global warming, and that is clearly the right point of view. And they're not learning that at home, so that is terribly dangerous. Right. All right. And uh, and I was following the thread on the various people uh, tweeting back against that, you know, v- venting their spleen, as they say, on the on the Twitter machine and uh, talking about, yeah, at my homeschool, my kid gets twice as much exercise or at homeschool. We don't learn this. Instead, we learn, you know, about the founding fathers, blah, 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 all that, all that sort of stuff. 
Mm-hmm. Um, I found that pretty interesting. I didn't know anybody would. I didn't know anybody at that uh, that powerful position would believe that, and then I didn't think that they would think they could say it out loud, which is a, which is another level. She I've thinks been trying to tell you for years. She thinks it's years, o- sir. She thinks it's okay to say that out loud. <laughs> really? Yeah, no. I know. I know. It is time to close Harvard as a uh, as a college. It's become too obnoxious. Too full of itself and, and reopen it as a, uh, I suggested an outlet mall earlier, but everybody's caught on to the fact that those are just regular malls now. And you're not really saving much. Yeah. Or um, companies just started making like a cheaper, crappier version of their product and selling it in uh, that mall. Yeah. Yeah. It's also popular. So I don't know. What do you do with Harvard? Turn it into an industrial park when we get our manufacturing back from China? Yeah. That's it. That's cool. Let's come on. A, B. It's simple. We'll use Harvard as a manufacturing uh, park. It will make uh, masks and gowns for for hospital personnel and shields and the rest of it uh, when the next pandemic comes. I liked when Trump was th- uh, the, uh, berating Harvard the other day to try to get them to give their $9 million back, which they eventually did because of public pressure. They Otherwise, they never would have. Right. Um, uh, and he said, uh, first, we should audit your books on your whole endowment, which I'm, I'll bet you there'd be so, some surprising stuff in there where giant chunks of money came from, and China yeah. would be a part of it. And Trump also saying, and stop getting your, having your professors get arrested every other day for being Chinese spies. <laughs> yes! <laughs> yes! <laughs> oh, do you know, I just saw the other day, I think it was Norway just shut their last Confucius Institute. Oh, really? That Yeah, the, if you're not familiar with these things, the Chinese communists come in and they say, listen, We'll help you set up this center. We'll finance it to learn all about Chinese language and culture and history and that sort of thing. And and by the way, we'll be indoctrinating your students into love of the communist Chinese system. But and and like any good scam, it's mostly true. I mean, they do teach Chinese language and culture and history. Meanwhile, they're a front for the Chinese communist government. Well, uh, Europeans are getting more and more tired and less and less afraid of China, although they're still kowtowing way too much. But anyway, so yeah, I was really glad to hear that. Those Confucius Institutes are insidious. Every parade I go to in my local town, the uh, the Confucius Institute marches with their big banner and people cheer. Up with communism. Huh? Yeah, uh, yeah, Apparently I Apparently you don't like diversity. Yeah, I don't like universities getting bribed with money so they can get with hundreds of millions of dollars so they can continue to employ their legions of under de- assistant dean of inclusion and the university engagement community inclusion inclusion. And uh, <laughs> so they, they need the money. So they take it from the Chinese. And then you, all of a sudden your, your campus is, is lousy with Chinese spies. Yeah, Tucker Carlson had some interesting stuff to say about the Chinese century and whether or not that's going to be uh, the the case in the U.S. versus China. Maybe we'll play you a little bit of that coming up. It was uh, it was pretty sobering analysis, I thought. Mm. Uh, among other things, coming up on the Armstrong and Getty Show. Armstrong and Getty. This has been an American century, but it could end. There's no mandate that we must lead the world forever. We could be replaced, and it could happen soon. In countless ways, this pandemic has showed us that. It has revealed how terrifyingly vulnerable we are. We needed masks, 
We no longer make masks here. We needed specific medicines. We don't make those either. Parts for ventilators and CT scans and an endless list of other critical medical devices, none of them are made here anymore. All of these things are now made in China. Just like our phones and our routers and our machine tools and our airplane parts. China makes an awful lot of what we use, and by the way, a lot of what our military uses. China has grown rich from selling all of this to us. And that's why when we need to raise money in a crisis, this crisis, for example, we sell our debt to China. I thought that was a pretty devastating little opening to Tucker Carlson last night. Yeah. Laundry list of everything we make. Other than all our health stuff and military stuff and all our electronics and all our medicine. And then when we run out of money, we borrow it from China. Well, if Great Britain was making all that stuff, it would probably not be a good idea. Right. And but the fact that it's the dirty commie Chinese? Yeah. I always, always wondered what it was like for those Brits who had ruled the world for, what, 100, 150 years, been the most powerful, and, and then for that to go away, and you're just kind of another country. It must mm-hmm. have been devastating for them. I hope I don't get a chance to live through it myself. Uh, and and I'll, yeah. get no, I'll get no joy out of saying, yeah, I saw it coming. A lot of us saw it coming. We, we were screaming and yelling, but nobody cared. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't expect that to happen, although... Uh, evil totalitarians uh, in history have done pretty danged well. You know, just because the last few we've seen have gone by the wayside, you know, that doesn't mean that trend will continue, but we'll have to see. Yeah, because- we certainly owe it, I think, to our children and grandchildren to fight against it. Yeah. So you had some breaking news, do I understand? Well, I, yeah, I do. I was going to throw in real quickly before we get to the uh, slightly less breaking news, because I'm going to do something else that I saw this piece in the uh, BBC that, uh, all of Europe knows that China's casualty figures with the uh, Chinese uh, commie bat death are way low, like absurdly low. But European officials are wary about directly challenging China over the figures. They don't want to cause any problems. So, freaking Euros. I mean, there's plenty to like about Europe, and there are plenty of great European people, obviously. But the whole, whether it's Germany kowtowing to Putin or... Or them afraid of challenging the Chinese. Look, you're in our orbit. You're going to be in our orbit. You're going to come to our party, the American party. By God, you be in our party. Don't be looking at this your cell phone. You're here with us. Huh? Cowards. Uh, let's see. Well, they don't have superpower economy either. All right, here's your semi-breaking news, breaking news. And it's excellent news for those of you who believe in the Second Amendment and freedom. A federal judge on Thursday blocked a California law requiring background checks for people buying ammunition. Oh, really? Yes. Issue. I did not know this was coming. I didn't even know it was in the Remember, court. But... Right at the very beginning of this whole coronavirus thing, I was at Big Five, and I said, you've been busy? He said, oh, we've been slammed. I said, really? He said, yeah, people buying ammunition. I said, oh, maybe I should buy some. And he said, well, you have a... Uh, it's a background check, and do you have your ID and your your birth certificate and all those different stuff? I said, what are you talking about? My a birth back- certificate? I didn't know there was a background check and all that sort of stuff. Yeah, that's just, it, that is so clearly an obstacle just to make it hard to buy ammunition. Well, it's hey, me. state of California, you decided I'm me when you gave me a driver's license. You are completely certain of it. But that's not good enough to buy ammunition now? Why? Just because you're anti-Second Amendment. But anyway, to uh, return to the story, uh, the judge not only uh, blocked the law, he issued a sharply worded rebuke of the onerous and convoluted regulations. Yes, a rebuke! 
onerous and convoluted our original air names. You know um, what I'd have done? I'd have shot my guns in the air like you. Somebody <laughs> saying, pow, 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 pow. <laughs> Order. Order in the court. He said it violates the constitutional right to bear arms. This yes. is you. Know this name, my friends. U.S. District Judge Roger Benitez in San Diego ruled in favor of the California Rifle and Pistol Association, which asked them to stop the checks and related restrictions on, restrictions on ammo sales. Uh, Benitez wrote in his 120-page opinion, I may read it in the bath tonight, the experiment has been tried, the casualties have been counted, California's new ammunition background check law misfires, and the Second Amendment rights of California citizens have been gravely injured. That's some good stuff. You're going to take a bath like you know, a like a woman and then read legal rulings while you do it. What a night! Men men take baths. What? You're going to light some candles too? Yes. You're going to do a little video like Madonna did. Yes. The rose it's petals. the great equalizer. <laughs> well, I've got to. I got to collect the rose petals first, but then yes. The law's red tape and state database errors made it impossible for hundreds of thousands of law-abiding Californians to purchase ammunition for sport or self-defense, said Chuck Michael, the attorney, the association's general counsel. The court found that the flimsy reasons offered by the government to justify these constitutional infringements were inadequate. Of course, the uh, state of Cal Unicornia will appeal the thoroughly sensible ruling. Well, I'm not, you know, if you're intent on taking away people's rights, you got to try, try, and try again. Well, I've never, I don't actually think mobs are going to roam the streets and I got to worry about it, but it's more likely now than at any point in my life, and I can't buy ammunition without the background. That's crazy. Hey, and you don't need a reason. It's your right. Right, right. right. Come on. Armstrong and Getty.